are listening to TKO on CFRU Radio 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. What is happening, everybody? What is good with y'all? It's your girl Janan right here on TKO. As you already know, here on TKO, all we talk about is mixed martial arts, also known as MMA and other combat sports too. We also discuss the issues that surround the role of fighting and talk about notable fighters and athletes and how they all got started in the game and of course where they are now. So what's up everybody? Goodness. Okay, so here we are, our second episode of 2021. And uh, you know, I feel like over the past two weeks already, uh, you know, initially we thought, okay, 2021 was just going to be a very uh, relatively, uh, I, okay, when I say this, I don't want this to be taken the wrong way, but we're kind of expecting 2021 to be uneventful, but so far a lot has happened, uh, a lot that actually goes beyond the scope of TKO that we're not really going to get into, but if you have been catching up with uh, global news, I guess, uh, there has been a lot happening in the world. But also, speaking of, um, uh, obviously, we, we live in Ontario, and if you if you are listening from Guelph and nearby regions or anywhere else in Ontario, you probably know by now that uh, we're actually in a state of emergency once again since the beginning of the pandemic, and we've, we, we have all received a stay-at-home order, meaning that we should only go out when it's essential business. Meaning if you want to go out and buy some groceries or if you have to go out to the pharmacy or if you want to go out to work, only for those essential purposes do we all have to go out out of our houses and do business. So please, everybody, uh, let's make it happen uh, for our own sake. Let's uh, listen to uh, all the rules that are being put out there so that we can finally beat this virus and we can decrease the number of new cases that are being announced every day and it's uh pretty critical times right now especially because it's so cold outside and uh it's it's harder to take care of yourself in the first place because usually like i don't know about you guys but usually when it's winter time i'm i'm personally always almost always more susceptible to catching colds and the flu i mean i always get my flu shot but you know i'm just saying like you're just so much more susceptible to catching all sorts of um illnesses during winter time when it's cold out and especially right now it's uh even worse because of covid19 of course so having said all those things please please uh work from home when you can uh, study from home for all of you students out there listening right now. Study from home for sure, uh, and only go out when it's essential business. Let's all listen to this and make it happen, so that we can ultimately beat COVID nineteen. I'm so so optimistic. It's been a long time coming, y'all. I know. Okay, I don't want to like uh, get off the tangent, but. Uh, I'm just saying, I know uh, for myself, I can speak for myself and so so many of my friends and family and loved ones out there who I talk to on a, on a regular basis and uh, they keep telling me uh, that, Janan, listen, I just feel so isolated after, after having been, uh, you know, just working from home all these months and uh, I can't even go out and, and visit my family, visit my friends and, and my loved ones. And it's just really hitting me hard 
emotionally, mentally. And uh, if you are, if you can actually, uh, if that um, uh, resonates with you, I just want to say, I feel you, I understand you, and you are not alone. Any time at all that you feel alone and you feel like that, make sure you talk to someone because it almost always helps. And once again, we're all in this together and we will beat this virus. We'll beat this pandemic. We'll bring it down to its knees because that's how we do things here on TKO. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So uh, I, I only wish <laughs> that I could actually defeat uh, a, a whole um, a ginormous pandemic with my words. If I if I could only, that would, that would be the best thing ever. But, you know, we'll, we'll, I feel like everybody needs to do whatever they can to to make the best out of um, the situation. So I guess that's that's the way we do things here on TKO. All right. So you guys, today we have a very interesting episode, I should say. So first of all, yes, we will be having a fight breakdown today. Today we're going to be breaking down a very interesting uh, UFC fight night for y'all. With the co- excuse me, not the co-main event. I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but the main event is one that immediately caught my eyes. So we're going to be having the former featherweight champion at the UFC, the one and only, the blessed Max Holloway. He's going to be fighting this upcoming weekend, y'all. And I feel like this fight was actually announced pretty recently. Uh, Max Holloway. I know he was supposed to be uh, fighting on this card. But we didn't necessarily know who he was going to be facing off against. And now we finally know that he's going to be facing off against the number six contender in the featherweight division. A guy who's been um, performing super well recently and who's been on pretty much everybody's radar. If you have been catching up with all the fights that are happening in the featherweight division. Of course, I'm talking about Calvin Cater. So Calvin Cater is going to be going at it against Max Holloway. And uh, this is going to be the main fight that we're going to be breaking down for today's show. And oh goodness, just like talking about it, just briefly previewing it already, I'm getting so hyped up for this fight because stylistically, I feel like... Uh, the, the 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 fighting styles of both guys are just so similar to each other. Max Holloway, just to give you guys a brief preview, I guess. Um, uh, I know, I know. I, I just get so excited. When I get so excited, I just can't like stop talking. But let me just say this. So Max Holloway, uh, overall, he's a very well-rounded mixed martial artist. He's got perfect stamina. And I, I just feel like it's going to be really interesting to see how all those things are going to hold up against Calvin Cater, who himself is a fantastic striker as well, and uh, someone who delivers a lot of uh, power in his shots, even though um, he's a featherweight fighter after all, he's only 145 pounds. But I feel like this is going to be a very, very interesting bout, and I cannot wait to share my thoughts with y'all further uh, later on the show. Okay, so that's going to be the main event of UFC Fight Night's Oh, I forgot to say where it's actually happening. So the UFC is back at the Fight Island, everybody, at Yaz Island in Abu Dhabi. So uh, this is going to be the first of many uh, fight cards, I should say, that are going to be happening on Fight Island once again. Uh, I believe the UFC crew is 
just going to be staying on the island until uh, we're, we're going to be having the next uh, numbered pay-per-view card, which we all know is the Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor fights. Uh, UFC 257, I believe that is. So um, they're going to be here on Fight Island for a good while now. And this is going to be the first fight card that they're going to be hosting after after a long time of being away, being over at Las Vegas at the UFC Apex Center. And now they're back at Fight Island. Good for them. So that's going to be the main event of UFC Fight Nights on Fight Island. And the co-main event is also pretty interesting because we're going to be having two guys who haven't necessarily fought any anytime recent. However, if I went actually when I do bring up their names and you and you do consider yourself a, a diehard MMA fan, you if, if okay, if you do have a hat, it, this is gonna be one of those moments that you're gonna take off your hat for a moment of silence of just respect for both of these guys that I'm gonna be mentioning right now. So Carlos Condit, everybody, he is going to be fighting off against Matt Brown. So once again, these two guys are absolute veterans of the sport. They've been fighting for a, at least a decade in the UFC. Uh, and uh, that just speaks uh, uh, by itself because they've been fighting for so long. They have so much fighting experience. Um, and uh, I'm just so curious to see after such a long, I don't want to call it a layoff, but uh, because the guys, the two guys have been fighting for so long, well, obviously we all know that they're not necessarily at their prime anymore. Regardless, um, because of the fact that they were just so good when they were indeed at their prime, I'm still curious to see how this fight would actually play out ultimately um, between Carlos Condit and Matt Brown. So that's going to be the coming event of the evening. Now, I'm not sure if we're going to be having enough time to break down that fight for y'all, but I'm just putting it out there so that you guys know uh, that you shouldn't miss this fight. You shouldn't miss this bout because it's going to be a very, very exciting one to, to watch on fight night. And overall, this whole fight card is pretty interesting. I'm just going to briefly look over the preliminary card to see if there are any, any uh, bouts that catch my eye at the moment. Well, let me just tell you this. Um, this, is, this is actually a very stacked fight card. Although we're, we're not having a lot of big name fighters fight on this particular card. However, um, it is uh, um, uh, it, it does feature a lot of bouts that are between uh, young and up, up and coming talent in the UFC. People who have been uh, successful and famous in previous organizations. People who usually fight in Asia. People who usually fight in Europe. They're all going to be here uh, for this particular fight night on Saturday night. So... This is actually one of those things that I want to say just because you don't see a Conor McGregor or just because you don't see a, a Ronda Rousey or a John Jones on a particular fight card. That doesn't mean that that fight card is not good or low in quality. Actually, on the contrary, when people have a lot on the line, when people are coming in as big underdogs, I'm telling you guys, those are the good fights to watch because they will just come out there with um, uh, no no um, further concern on their mind. They just want to come in there to prove themselves to the whole world and to just 
put on a good show of how uh, how great of athletes they truly are, how good how good of a fighter they are. So because of all those things that I just said, uh, I would I would highly recommend everybody to go out and watch this entire fight nights, this whole main card as well as the preliminary fight card because uh, because of all those things I just said. Anyway, so uh, that's the fight that is happening on Saturday night, January sixteenth. Um, fun fact: I just want to actually want to give a big shout out to my dad, whose uh, birthday is actually on January sixteenth. So happy birthday, dad! Um, but yeah, you already know we're still we're still gonna be catching up with this fight card because. Uh, yeah, I told you for the 100th time, it's going to be so, so exciting. All right. So that's happening this upcoming Saturday. But uh, other than that, uh, so there is something that I do want to discuss here on the show. Um, some things that were just uh, sort of uh, publicized in, in the world of um Mixed martial arts. I don't. I don't know what to call it exactly, but let's just call it in the, in the world of uh, mixed martial arts um, uh, media. You know, I yeah. I don't. I honestly couldn't come up with a better word for it. But uh, what I want to say is that uh, okay. I honestly, I'm just gonna jump right into it. I don't want to uh, kind of like give you the background because I feel like when I talk about it, you guys will actually understand it better. So recently, there's been a lot of talks about um, fighters, specifically former fighters, fighters who have recently retired and uh, fighters who uh, even to, to uh, very recently, they would be fighting. But now we're actually having this. Um, the, I don't want to call it a movement because it's really not. It's just speaking the facts. But we've been having more and more fighters speak up about potential symptoms of chronic traumatic encephalopathy and brain trauma after having fought in various uh, martial arts organizations for a long period of time. So I feel like this is very, very interesting. If you haven't catching up with her very old episodes i'm not really sure what episodes those would be but um again i just want to reiterate this is a very important issue this is something that really um uh, just uh it's so close to my heart i actually used to do research on a certain aspect of a molecular aspect of how um, cte or chronic traumatic encephalopathy is caused on a molecular level so that I can somewhat like in my um, at least through my own uh, power. I mean, I at the time I was obviously just an undergrad student doing my um, uh, research project. But, you know, it just hits so, uh, so close to my heart whenever I talk about CTE and brain trauma because of the fact that so many people have to deal with it on a, on a regular basis. So many athletes, so many athletes that you watch on TV, so many athletes that you watch in the UFC, so many athletes who may not even be that famous, who could be fighting locally, yet they still do deal with brain trauma. And it's a very um, critical issue because brain trauma, specifically talking about uh, chronic traumatic encephalopathy, or just uh, traumatic brain injury, TBI, whenever we talk about any of those things, it's so tricky whenever someone's dealing with them because there actually is no cure 
for any of these conditions. Once the damage is done, it's done. It's over. And you should, you, you honestly, you ha- whatever you're doing to, to make your symptoms um, not get as worse, you're only doing it to prevent the brain from further degeneration, which is not bad still. But it's not like you can actually restore your brain and its uh, capacities to how it was before. Like I said, when the damage is done, it's done and it's irreversible. At least as of right now with the uh, scientific advances that we've made so far. So like I was saying, a lot of athletes have actually recently um, started to speak up about some of the symptoms that they've been experiencing after having fought for for a long time um okay let me just actually drop names right now so the big one that comes to mind who um spoke out and uh created a lot of um uh, just chitter chatter here and there in the mma community was uh spencer fisher so um i actually personally wasn't uh, familiar with Spencer Fisher's uh, prior fighting career, but just to let you guys know, so Spencer Fisher, he used to fight for the UFC, and uh, he actually retired in the year of 2013 because of uh, uh, brain injuries, right? And obviously, it's been many years since then, since the last time that he fought, but he has actually come forward I believe right now he uh, he just coaches MMA, but right now he has actually stepped forward and um, has made a um, uh, he's talked to many, many sports outlets. He's given many interviews on the fact that his symptoms are very serious right now and that he was actually um, diagnosed, clinically diagnosed uh, with chronic traumatic encephalopathy. And uh, when I was listening to some of his interviews, he said that they initially started as symptoms of dementia. So he wouldn't really have good memory dealing with, um, for example, people's names and things like that. And um, uh, he would like slur his speech. And uh, as of right now, he was saying that uh, his short-term memory is completely gone and that it's uh, he also deals with a lot of uh, mental health issues such as depression because of his condition. And it's just um, it's just not good, obviously. But uh, what I'm saying is that when he came forward, a lot of other people, this actually inspired other athletes who had been dealing with some of the same symptoms to also speak up about their symptoms and to say that, hey, listen, listen, we, we all love fighting for sure. But there's um, this whole brain trauma situation. It's inevitable and it's real. The, the, the second part, the second part, excuse me, is so important because I feel like sometimes we do tend to forget and uh, this actually brings me brings me to my next point, because when when the news of Spencer Fisher actually came out, when all the things that he said was made public, this was actually um, brought forward to Dana White, the president of the UFC. And Dana White said um, he just essentially just affirmed uh, what he had heard. 
he said that um he spencer fisher i quote is not the first and he's definitely not going to be the last to deal with brain trauma and he also said later on that okay like essentially i'm I'm paraphrasing at this point but he what he said was that okay you know people essentially know what they signed up for and uh even i myself as a former uh, martial artist I even had to deal deal with some of those symptoms and it's uh, quote unquote part of the gig, which I do agree with. However, I feel like the way he commented on this issue was a little bit dismissive. Um, uh, but I, but I feel like um, the conversation needs to be ongoing. It needs to not just die down after, okay, yeah, we sure we heard about Spencer Fisher's problem and all the other athletes, specifically also in the UFC, people who actually did know Spencer Fisher, people who uh, who themselves um, dealt with a lot of um, similar symptoms. A lot of those people have spoken up, but I just feel like um, obviously I'm not a fighter myself, but I d- d- deeply deeply care about this um this uh, medical condition because i feel like again first and foremost it's a real condition and it needs to be taken seriously and uh the other important thing that i want to say is that it deserves more research attention and uh because it's it's it, it is a real problem but they're still after all these years for as long as sports has been around as long as contact sports has been around the, the, the issue of brain trauma has also existed, but how is it that we actually don't have any sort of proper treatment for these types of conditions? Well, I feel like whoever's listening to this right now and uh, can actually do something in their power to contribute to the development of those uh, specific treatments, I feel like, please, please, we, we need to like step forward and do something about it because it needs to be done soon sooner than later the better okay we need to do something because it deserves attention it's a real pop problem and it needs to be dealt with asap so um yes what i was saying uh was about dana white commenting on the issue but um yeah you know although i didn't necessarily agree with the way that like that his tone when he was speaking on the issue he later actually went on and i actually did not notice but uh listen to this so dana white said that they're at the ufc is actually specifically collaborating with the cleveland clinic with regard to uh coming up with potential I don't want to call them treatments, but um, things that would help athletes cope with those type of symptoms. So they're actually, the UFC is actually working with the Cleveland Clinic to, to come up with better solutions for these type of problems. And uh, he specifically said that uh, there's been studies about, well, not studies. Okay, no, let me let me backtrack a little bit because... You know, as a uh, as a grad student, I feel like I, I need to do my own research on this and then tell you guys about studies. But um, he, what he was saying was that he had seen cases of athletes who had been experiencing similar CTE symptoms, CTE like symptoms and who had been experimenting with psychedelic drugs. So what he was saying, what Dana White was saying was that uh, they're collaborating with Cleveland Clinic 
so that they can actually figure out what the link is and whether or not they can implement some of those practices um, into the organization in case people are actually dealing with symptoms and in case they need something to, to uh, help with it. But again, I feel like definitely we need more research on this. And after that, even if the research is there and it's valid and it makes sense, then we definitely need to think harder and deeper about how we could actually implement it, considering all the rules that are already in place by the United States Anti-Doping Agency and uh, all the all the um, uh, ethics commissions that are also out there. Because, you know, you can't just randomly put a substance out there that you think can help someone in the short term. Because, listen, you even even though it might actually work in the short term, you don't know if it's going to be having any adverse effects in the long term. So because of all those things, listen, I am all for better and more efficient treatments in this case, in the case of brain trauma when it comes to sports. But we need to um, uh, be cautious, cautious, excuse me, in the meanwhile. Okay, so I feel like if the UFC is actually dedicated to making something happen in this regard, good for them. I actually applaud them. However, uh, they need to recruit a bigger team, a, a, a more diverse crew so that they can actually do this um, uh, with uh, better planning and with um uh just uh just having more thoughts uh on the table when they're trying to make decisions of this regard so okay i ranted a lot a little bit because i'm sorry i just get really passionate when when whenever i'm talking about something that's related to science and sports listen uh hold my beer i'm, I'm already out here just like <laughs> talking till the next day but uh you know what i mean so yeah, it's definitely something that I'm really passionate about. And once again, just to reiterate, I feel like it's something that deserves more attention. All right. So um, another thing that I do want to say, I'm just going to briefly mention this. So it was just also since we're talking about policies and implementing um, uh, drug usage policies in uh, the UFC specifically, uh, th there was actually a talk between the UFC and the and USADA, the United States Anti-Doping Agency. And now, actually from here on, uh, according to the new policy that was amended, anytime fighters test positive for um, uh, levels of cannabis and marijuana, they're actually not going to be um, uh, penalized for it. Which again, I think definitely falls back on um, the 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 medical and scientific evidence that that is out there that's shown that um, various components, medical components of um, cannabis, can actually help with um, uh, brain damage. Well, not like actual severe brain dam damage. Excuse me, because we're not really sure um, how the effects will be. There's just not as many studies on it as of yet. But um, there's been enough studies um, that have shown that it can actually improve a lot of um, uh, symptoms, at least when it comes to uh, brain trauma, acute brain trauma, mild brain trauma, which we see all the time with athletes and fighters and contact sports athletes. So because of all those things, uh, USADA finally made the decision to, uh, to actually finally tolerate 
usage of cannabis uh, in mixed martial arts. So this is a huge um, uh, milestone. And uh, this I brought this up because, you know, when I when I talked about those psychedelic um, uh, potential psychedelic administration to fighters to to help them with brain trauma at the Cleveland Clinic. I feel like this this whole new policy that was just confirmed, I feel like this is definitely going to be a, a huge step forward as to what they're actually going to do when the time comes after having gathered a lot of evidence that the, they, they are indeed going to be moving forward with the usage of psychedelics and athletes. Um, and, uh, to just like, um, uh, make sense of things again, I guess in that sense. So yeah, a lot has actually been happening, uh, behind the scenes, you know, behind the scenes of fighting, <laughs> like behind the cage, I guess I should just put it that way, which is important because ultimately they do impact fighter uh, fighter and athlete performance. Uh, obviously the fight itself, the athletic abilities themselves are really important here. We usually just tend to break down fights and get into, um, very technical stuff when it comes to sports, but I feel like it's also important to talk about things of that, nature things that um impact fighters in a different level all right so oh goodness i cannot believe that took the whole time unfortunately uh we're not gonna have enough time to break down the max holloway and calvin cater fight but make sure you catch up with ufc fight night on saturday unfortunately that is all the time we're gonna be having for next this week <laughs> make sure you catch up with our previous episodes at cfru.ca and until next time, it's your girl Janon right here. And this is TKO. Peace out.